We continue our series with inviting several graduating seniors uh, to the pulpit. And so this morning, we welcome to the pulpit Sean. It is good to be here. Brothers and sisters, may we turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We'll hit the last verse and then go through 1 Corinthians chapter 13. If you could listen to the word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I will show you a still more excellent way. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver my body up to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. This ends the reading of God's word. May it stamp it upon our hearts. Let us pray. O glorious Father, you are worthy of our praise. You are the God of love that has sent forth your Son to redeem a people. And may we as your people listen and open our ears to hear your word. May you speak to us. May you use me, your servant, to speak these great and glorious truths. Fill us with the Spirit. Fill me with the Spirit and use me for the good of your people. In Christ's name, amen. Imagine that you entered into a world where love reigned. A world where people counted others more significant than themselves. A world where people were genuinely concerned for the welfare of others. A world where pain was met with abundant love. Where people sought to see creation flourish. Where the poor were not looked down upon by the rich, but were taken care of. Where people, instead of getting angry, forgave. Where Christ was spoken of and imitated, where men did not seek to lust after women, but instead helped promote modesty, a world of patience and kindness, 
when sins are committed, where arrogance and pride give way to humility. Is this not what the kingdom of God is called to look like? This was Paul's desire for the Corinthians. And I ask, was it too much to ask for? Was it too much to pray for? Or is this not what Christ has won for us and brought us in more and more through us by the Holy Spirit? Oh, may Christ be formed in each and every one of us more and more. When people hear of Westminster, what do they hear? When they think of Westminster, do they think that we have this truth and love bonded together? What are people saying about us? I desire that this school would be a light in the midst of darkness. A light that shines forth and demons shudder every single time someone graduates from this institution. A music note that goes forth and brings together people joining in a symphony of voices all to the glory of God. I desire that each of you will leave Westminster and shine forth the glory of the age to come. To leave and constantly have imprinted upon your minds the call to love. Love. This is what I desire each and every one of you to have ringing in your ears. A whole self-giving love. We, beloved, we know that we have been given many, many riches here at Westminster. We have been given riches of truth, and it reminds me of the parable that Jesus gives, of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. May we not bury them like the unfaithful servant, but may we multiply them. I firmly believe that Westminster is one of the greatest seminaries in the world. We do get distinctions. We get an abundance of truth. We, we get the distinction and the understanding the works principle in the Mosaic Covenant. We obtain a rich foundation of seeing Christ in the Old Testament as well as in the New. And now I ask, what are we to do with it? I desire that this truth that we receive would be bonded to love. A love that shines forth, a love that shines forth in the darkness of the world. May we be those that use our thousands of talents that the Lord has given us and multiply them. But without love, this will not happen. May each and every one of your ministries be marked by truth and love. As we look at 1 Corinthians 13 this morning, we will see it in three different phases. First, all gifts without love equals nothing. Second, the God of love. And third, our love as expressions of the age to come. So first, let us see, having all gifts without love equals nothing. Paul begins in verse 1. And he says, if I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You see, Paul comes into this passage in the Corinthians. And this was the Corinthian church who had false prophets that had crept in. Prophets that infiltrated the church. The Corinthians were marked by divisions it talks about. 
They were boasting in their spiritual gifts, boasting in their pride of knowing certain doctrines, boasting in everything, but Paul says, except the cross of Christ. And he then goes on at the end of of chapter 12, and he says, I will show you still a more excellent way. A more excellent way than those that is marked by divisions, divisions of doctrine and teachings, the knowledge without love, then even delivering your body to be burned. He states in verse 1, If I speak in the tongues of men, if I am able to speak in other languages, even if I knew the language of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. This gift of foreign, this gift of tongues were foreign languages. The gift of going into another country and being able to speak their language and share the gospel. And to be honest, many of us would personally love to have this gift. Well, even if you had this gift, even if you knew the language of angels, but had not love, Paul is saying you would be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. Imagine hitting a cymbal or producing, trying to produce music with just a one-tone cymbal, and that was your music. We know that music would be worthless. It would be good for nothing. It would be of no advantage. And this is what Paul is proclaiming to the Corinthians. But from there, he heightens, and he moves to the gift of prophecy. If I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge... And if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. And we know that Paul had this gift of understanding the mysteries of God, for he was an apostle. He mentions that in Romans and in Ephesians. But Paul here is saying that even if he knew fully, if he knew as though he were one that had entered into glory, even if he hypothetically knew those things, And could prophesy. Without love it would count for nothing. Or all faith to do the miracle of moving a mountain. It would be nothing. And you might be thinking nothing. What? How can that be nothing? How can it be nothing to know the hidden mysteries of God? To move a mountain and yet it is nothing. But this is the point that Paul is pressing upon the Corinthians. And God is pressing upon each and every one of us here this morning. And Paul even goes from there and he even heightens it greater. He talks about two of the things that Jesus loves and commends, giving and martyrdom. If you were to sell all that you had and give everything you had to the poor, even if you were to give up your body to be burned, but without love in doing that, It would be nothing. And to be burned, I mean, we can only imagine the the excruciating pain where your skin starts to boil and bubble and the skin eventually separates and falls off, exposing bare nerve endings and that constant irritating, that constant excruciating pain. Paul says even that without love is nothing. He would gain nothing. That is, this is a bold point. And it seems hard for us to imagine. 
But Paul says, without love, this would be to gain nothing. Brothers and sisters, you may leave here and you may end up writing many, many books. You may end up planting a church or going to a church that has hundreds of people in your church, but without love, it would be nothing. We can go and we should go forth proclaiming the Mosaic Covenant with a works principle embedded in it. But without combining that with love, it would be nothing. Love is calling each and every one of you to be marked by. This is what God is calling us to be marked by. Not just here, but in your whole Christian life. A whole self-giving love. This is what God is calling us to this morning. We are those who are to go forth, not seeking to destroy our brother's false doctrine, our false view of this or that. Instead, we go forth with this desire to see our brother grow in Christ more, to grow in the truth and beauty of the doctrines that we hold so dear, to understand the power of his resurrection. May we be those that pray more for our neighbors and for our brothers, more than we argue with them. May we pray more for them, more than we argue with them. Beloved, young and old, may you remember that this is a battle that's going on, not just with our flesh, but with principalities and powers, and they would desire nothing more than to see us not battle on the front lines, but within our ranks. I mean, imagine, imagine in World War II, an American saw a British soldier, and he said, you have a different uniform, a different flag, and he started shooting at them. We would not have won the war, and we would still be under the reign of Hitler This is very serious to see that this is not a battle that we take and partake in within our ranks, but this is a battle that we pursue against principalities and powers. When we go on Facebook, do we see our brothers and sisters encouraging each other? Or do we see people running each other's faces through the mud? Instead of encouraging each other while it is called today so that we may not be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, do we see each other correcting one another for the truth and being hardened by our own flesh in our response towards each other? Beloved, are we not being swept up by the enemy day after day? This ought not to be so. These divisions ought not to be. For we have been given one Lord, one faith, one baptism. May we bring forth these truths in love. And now that we have seen that having all gifts and all knowledge without love equals nothing, may we secondly look at the God who is love, the God of love. As Paul goes on to proclaim in verse 4, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, 
hopes all things, endures all things. I almost think when Paul got to this point in the letter, as he's writing it out or having someone scribe it for him, that he stopped and he meditated upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The one who came forth out of his perfect everlasting love and unity within the Trinity. And he came forth on a mission given to him by his Father. Believing that his life, death, death, and resurrection would be enough to save sinners. Sinners that have slandered and gossiped. Sinners that have not shown this love. And God the Father, He sent forth His Son, who went forth and He patiently endured sin. He endured slander. He endured gossip. This God-man was not arrogant or rude. He did not rejoice in wrongdoing, but He rejoiced in, the, rejoiced in the truth. He was kind and patient with His disciples when again and again they did not understand what He was saying. This was the God-man who hoped upon hope and believed that His sacrifice would be enough to atone for His people's sins. He was the one for whom the joy set before Him endured the cross despising the shame and is now seated at the right hand of God, the one who spilt his precious blood to atone for his people's sins, for your sins here. A people whom would be those that had one faith, partake in one baptism. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus who is patient and kind. The Lord Jesus who does not envy or boast, who was not arrogant or rude, who is not irritable or resentful. He does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but he rejoices in the truth. He bore all things, he believed all things, and he endured all things for the sake of his body. Beloved, may you behold this King of glory. Oh, he is so worthy of each and every one of our praise and worship. And so I ask each of you today, what is your identity? Are you those lacking in love? Are you those that are quick to judge and seek to destroy, not just an enemy, but a brother and sister that has different views? Have you lacked patience to see a weaker brother grow in a certain area? I know I fall in that area. Do you bear all things? Do you hope the best of your brother and sister? Will you hope the best of your future flock, elders and deacons? Beloved, at this moment you may feel as though you are devoid of love. You may feel as though you have not been given the personality that fits with this kind of love. But I proclaim to you, each and every one of you, that you are a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You are in union with the Lord Jesus Christ, and you have been indwelt by the Holy Spirit, who is producing this love in you more and more and more. This is the image of love. This is who Christ is making us into into His beautiful image. For as Paul says, the love of Christ controls us. 
For as we behold Christ, meditate upon Him, grow in the knowledge of Him, we change from one degree of glory to another. You are those who have borne the image of the man of earth, but you shall bear the image of the man of heaven. Beloved, justified saints, Christ has become for you wisdom, righteousness, sanctification and redemption, and also love. Behold your position in Christ. May it be set in each and every one of our minds. So we have seen the God of love. And this is a love that permeates our whole being and causes us to express the age, the love of the age to come. So thirdly, our love is expressions of the age to come. Paul proclaims in verse 8, love never ends. He is saying that love is not just a Christian duty, but it is our Christian destiny. This love which is eternal, everlasting, never failing or passing away, is yours in Christ. As the Holy Spirit dwells in us, recreating us sinners, uniting us together in one body, a body that is the church who fills all in all, who is going forth through the world proclaiming the gospel, bringing more into this body that is filled with truth and love. As Paul says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ for whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Paul saw this truth and love together. For love never ends. This is the Language that Paul uses, and this is eschatological language. It is the language that pulls us into the age to come. Pulls us from those that see ourselves as living in just this present evil age, but now those who are a part of the age to come, given the Holy Spirit who is the spirit of the age to come. And when we go forth and we seek to love the church as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, then we shall participate in what we do for all, what we shall do for all of eternity. And I ask, why would we not seek to make this our aim? A whole self-giving love for others. May we make this our aim here at Westminster and here as we go forth into this world each of you believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, you have been swept up into a kingdom of love. A kingdom that is not of this world. And each of you are actors in God's story, rescripted into His story. Rescripted as those who do not look to your own interests, but look to the interests of others. You truly are actors in this worldwide drama in this worldwide play, given the part that acts out love, patience, kindness, a genuine concern for the welfare of others, those who do not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoice in the truth. 
We are those who bear all things for the sake of elect and enduring all things. And this is the play that we see dimly now, but we shall see fully in the future. Right now, we may act as children, we may fumble on our lines, we may forget how to act. We may struggle at times, but we shall soon play our parts fully. Brothers and sisters, as you go out into the world, you go as those who are united to the Lord Jesus Christ. Going as those full of truth and love. Those not insisting on your own way, but those who are genuinely concerned for the welfare of others. This is living as those who are of the age to come. And we know that even if we were to give up our body to be burned, that is short, for we know we shall enter into glory, but we know that the Bible also teaches that people are perishing and will experience that horrible, horrible, excruciating pain for all of eternity, suffering under the wrath and judgment of God. And we have been giving these, these gifts of truth and love, this gift that is so glorious, the gospel. And we are to bring forth that gift. May we do this in love. May we pray for those that are perishing. May we talk to our friends, our families, our brothers and sisters in other denominations with patience and kindness. And may we sit back and see the God who has passed us from death into life do that to others. To the only wise God be glory forevermore. Through Jesus Christ. And now, I would like to close this with a poem. God's love is powerful to change the soul. Only His love can make us whole. Justified by faith, sanctified by grace, both evidence the age to come is here in this place. Enlisted as actors, Endowed with truth and love, we participate in a drama that is directed from above. So behold the love of God that never ends. For may it constrain us to love enemies and friends. For soon he shall return as faith turns to sight when you, beloved, meet love in the face of Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, you've given us such good news. You have not left us to perish for all of eternity, but have given us hope, believing that Christ's sacrifice was enough to atone for our sins and to bring us into this kingdom, to bring us to be indwelt by the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the age to come. And may we be those that are marked by truth and love. May we be those that go forth and always remember in every single second, every day of our ministries, that there is a need to have this truth and love together, to have this self-giving love for others, and you will use it mightily. We know that, and we desire that. We desire to understand that we have been enlisted as actors 
partaking in this divine drama of redemption, bringing forth this truth. Oh, Father, may you use us for your kingdom. We desire it more than anything. It is such a gift that you have given us just the ability to, whether it be teach here or be students here, may you continue to conform us to the image of Christ and you, me, may you be glorified forevermore. In Christ's name, amen.